Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pixel Refresh podcast. This is episode four. I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Mario Amaral. What's up, peeps? So we have a bunch of topics to cover today, and I wanted to start off with what's up with Google sending um, spam calls to voicemail? So it seems like this is something that's coming to Android and is already on the pixels, like anything that's pure Android. Yeah. Uh, that gets updates first. It seems like it's already on the, because this would be the caller app, the phone app okay. that gets this update. And it seems like the Pixel devices, whether you're on a Pixel 1 or a Pixel 2, already has this update on the uh, the caller app. But everyone else is either going to receive it a little bit later. Um, and there's a lot of phones out there that don't use the calling app. I don't know if they'll receive it. Or if it'll be integrated, but, you know, into even those if OSs. they don't receive it through the calling app, it's something that you would think that like other manufacturers who create their own calling app would would implement. I mean, I I, I myself honestly wish like I could do this with my iPhone. Like, what I can do with my iPhone is I can screen a call and then block that number, um, and then it will never be able to message me or call me again. But I wish like um. And I've and I've heard that they're trying to work on this. And this was a report back, you know, a couple of months ago that both Google and Apple are working on ways to prevent spam calls from going through to the phone. So I guess Google is the first to to implement something like this, but I wish Apple would too. So yeah, I heard Google's actually putting a lot of um work into to getting this. You know, there's it's never going to be perfect because you kind of got to get the numbers. They're working on a system and they'll always find ways around it, either changing number or whatever they have to do to get through that that filtering system. But yeah, it is a cool feature. I'm not going to lie. And I really um, I appreciated it. I appreciated my phone letting me know, hey, we kind of know this. This number has been flagged. And I will say one thing. I've had uh, many custom ROMs before in other devices, and this is not the first time something like this has been implemented it's probably the first time on pure Android on like coming from Google themselves. But I think yeah. um, what used to be Cyanjamod, Cyan, I might be saying that incorrectly, which is the Lineage OS now. They, okay. I think that team did work on a, a calling app, which did have this feature. I know this is not the first time I've seen it. Okay. Just, just to say that right out of the bat. Like, but you know right what? Usually park, like those time. spaces are the ones to innovate when it comes to those features. Like, you know, for the longest time, like, you know, it's either custom mods or even like jailbreaks that would create features or improvements to the phone that Apple would inevitably and eventually actually just add to their phone and Google to theirs, right? So it doesn't surprise me that that these are like features that, that we've seen in other circles before. And that's 100% true. A lot of people don't realize that many of the features they enjoy today came from um, you know, mods or, you know, like a jailbreak mod on your phone. Yep. Or if you're on an Android, uh, communities like custom ROM communities and jailbreak communities, these guys know the features that everybody wants. These, these people wanted this way before. And then Apple's like, oh, I guess, you know, there is a need for this or there is like enough people who want it. And same thing with the Android community. Google's like, that is a really cool concept, and we want to integrate that into our system. And we have to thank them because if it wasn't for them doing this, they actually work really hard for free yep. on these on these uh, projects to get these things 
put out there. And then, you know, these companies are like, that's great. Sometimes they get hired to work on the project. So it's yeah, awesome. It, it wouldn't be the first time that that's happened. Like there's a lot of like very notable modders that, uh, you know, are custom ROM makers that, you know, inevitably get hired or hired on to work on a specific feature. It's not, a, it's not uncommon for, for something like that to happen. So yeah, definitely a really cool feature. And I'm pretty sure Apple's going to come up with some type of version of it. Yeah, eventually. Um, I, I assume so. I wouldn't doubt it. Like it, it seems, especially with Apple being really into privacy and, you know, and all that, like I, it's only a matter of time. I would, I would honestly be shocked if in a version of iOS 12 that it, it didn't exist. Right. Um, speaking of features, uh, I know this is something brief and there's not really much info information on it right now, but, uh, they actually put out a, a bit of a schedule for the Google IO conference. And so for those who don't know, um, similar to Apple's WWDC conference where Apple will show off new technology that they're bringing to the iPhone Sometimes they'll announce new devices and overall just show off the new feature set for developers to develop for the next version of iOS. Google does something like this too. It's called Google I.O. Uh, and usually it's when they announce new, uh, new features for Android. It's usually when they announce the next OS. Uh, so whatever Android, I'm guessing P. Is it P? Yes, it is P. Yeah, so moment. I guess whatever. Uh, at the moment Android, they're working on P, yeah. Yeah, I'm guessing whatever Android P is. But one of the interesting things we saw, and, uh, you know, this ties directly into, you know, now that you're on the Android devices again, uh, we saw some interesting hints that something new uh, in regards to Android TV uh, might be coming soon or or, or that um, Google is going to be announcing something. So um, are you stoked? Do you think, like, uh, they'll create, like, new hardware or... I'm I'm really stoked. I actually own the Google Nexus, uh, the Google Nexus, yeah, uh, pretty much the Google Nexus. But I own the Nexus TV, which is the original Google TV. Okay, basically, it's not a like custom box that's made by some aftermarket company who just you know said it's an Android TV where you can get Cody. This is the Android TV. It's actually got Oreo on it. Okay, it's not going to be updated anymore, from what I understand. It is like but it one still gig has RAM. the latest OS. It has the latest OS. It it runs okay. It does have one. The hardware is getting really old. Okay. It does have. It is kind of glitchy here and there. It's kind of slow, but it's it's been around for a few years and it's still running. I I'm really excited to hear that they're still gonna do something with uh, Google TV because. I want to see something new. I'm kind of I've always been waiting for what's after the uh Nexus player. So do you, do you was, think they'll they'll like the next device will be just like a Chromecast TV? Like obviously I I my opinion is they're going to rebrand it. It's not going to be a Nexus device. So in, yeah, no, in for my sure opinion not. it's either going to be a Chromecast TV or a Pixel TV. Uh I just feel like they're not going to call it a pixel TV. And the only reason I say that is because all of their connected TV entertainment devices start with Chromecast. So Chromecast and then Chromecast audio is, I think right now we have the what ultra Chromecast 4k. I don't know if they just call it Chromecast or Chromecast 4k, 
but and then they have the Chromecast audio one too. I wouldn't be surprised they do something like that. Um, I hope they do actually. I hope they could mix in like the Chromecast and give you the OS. Like just imagine having the size of a, of a Chromecast. If anyone's ever seen one, it's like um, it's a, say, it's a, like a smaller than a hockey size? puck. Yeah, smaller than a hockey puck. puck. Yeah, it is smaller and thinner than a hockey puck for sure. You would not want to stick a hockey puck behind your TV. So imagine that with your Android TV OS in it. And this is coming from someone who hasn't used a Chrome, um, a Chromecast, a Chromecast for a while. Last time I used the Chromecast was probably two years ago. But the but the Nexus TV has Chromecast built into it. It does have Chromecast built into it. You know what? It's it's a little weird because, and just because we're talking about this now, I have to bring it up. I have two Google Minis in my house. Okay. Yep. One in the bedroom, one in the living room. Yep. You, you're you able to tell uh, Google Mini that you want it to cast Netflix to a Chromecast. Yeah. But you can't do it to the Nexus. Just, because they just haven't for clarification, put in that... he's talking about the Home Mini. The Home Mini, sorry. Yes, the Google Home Mini. You cannot tell it voice-wise. You can't give it the command to cast like... I want to watch blah, blah, blah on, on Netflix on my Nexus player. Okay. It works on a Chromecast, but on the Nexus player, they said, from what I read, they said they would put up um, like an update later on to make that work. It hasn't come out yet. And it's so annoying because like, what's my option? I go out and I buy a Chromecast just so I have this feature. Yeah. It's not like a feature I'm going to die without, but hey, I have two Google Home uh, Home Minis that I'd love to be able to just say like, hey, I'm watching this Netflix show in my living room. Now I want you to cast it in my bedroom. I, I think the key piece for them to get you to buy a new one, in my opinion, especially for those who don't know, I'm if I'm remembering the the Nexus player was around two hundred dollars. I think so. Yeah. I think it was I, I I didn't buy it right out of uh No, no, I, I remember you grabbed it yeah. on sale, but what I'm trying to get at is for someone like you who owns the device to upgrade to whatever the next thing is, I think you would want um, something that is a bit more affordable. Because if you look at the Chromecasts themselves, there are these tiny devices that actually are not the most expensive thing in the world. Uh, and they're always going on sale. And I think if, if Google were to create a new Android TV or whatever they want to call their new set-top box, I think they would be smart to not go the Apple route and make it like $250, but go maybe even the Roku route and have a couple of options, uh, like a $50 option, a hundred dollar option, and maybe something more expensive. Well, there are two Chromecasts at the moment. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. Uh, there is a, there is a Chromecast, the original one, which is about $45 anywhere you go. Yeah. And then they have the Google Chromecast ultra, which, which is if I'm not wrong, one. Which right, the, yeah. which 4K, I don't know if it has any other features uh, in the sense of um, connectivity. I think, I think like it was like HDMI 2.0 or something like okay. that, or better AC Wi-Fi. Like, it, it got a significant like spec increase because it has to handle 4K. Right. So it, it has a few little tweaks, but the main thing I think that it's, it's uh, targeted at is the 4K streaming. Yeah. So for a $90 device, it does a lot but it's streaming. Yeah. But it still does it. So I'm thinking for $90, let's say they make a new Chromecast 
Android TV, yeah, whatever they call it, and they build in an actual like OS like the Android TV has, yeah, it would be awesome because now you don't need a stream like from another device. You don't need another device to initiate. Oh, okay. So uh, what you're saying initiate it. You just need this little thing that goes behind your TV. I don't know what they would do. It would work like a I, Sonos in the sense that the device is actually getting the the media and it's not being projected from your phone to the Chromecast. And even with the Chromecast, I don't think it's being being pro- projected to the Chromecast. I think it's uh, automatically picking it up and just doing it. It needs the device to initiate it. And the only reason I'm saying this is there's been times where I'm uh, casting something before when I had a Chromecast. Yeah. Or even now on my Nexus player, my phone will like die or something, but it'll continue playing. Uh, okay. Nexus player is not a good example because it has the OS, but even from the Chromecast in the past, I might be wrong. It might have changed. But I think it actually ends up just using itself, but it needs an initiating device. Yeah. And that's where it doesn't make sense to me. It's like, just have a device that does it all and doesn't need another device. So if you have an iPhone, uh, which still works to cast, right? But you're limited compared to what an Android can cast. I can cast my screen on my phone, depending on which phone you have. I can cast my whole screen. I can cast my whole screen too. To a Chromecast? No, not to a Chromecast, but to my Apple TV. But that's TV. what I'm saying. You're limited as as an Apple device with a Chromecast. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, to what you can cast, <clears throat> right? But if it's a built-in um, OS, you can do everything from there. They All they need is like a little remote. Okay. I or thought, I thought you were trying s- to say like I that feature is not replicated on the Apple platform, but it actually no, is. No, no, not at all. No, that's not what I'm saying at okay. all. Uh, it definitely is replicated uh, if you have an Apple TV. Yes, yeah, yeah. Continue. Sorry. Yeah, I think it would be a great decision to, number one, not give up on the Android TV because it kind of seems like they did when they didn't make any more Android TVs after the Nexus player. Yeah. It kind of seemed like they gave up on the whole platform. It's like, listen, it's dead in the water. Nobody cares. I'm happy to just but, hear but they're talking but it's about not. it. I'm you know why? Because it's now built into a lot of smart TVs. Like right, a lot of, a, a, besides a couple, you know, companies like LG LG has their own software on their TVs it's not Android it's actually webOS which is uh you know it's a throwback to Palm if everybody remembers the Palm Pre and the Palm devices of old uh LG got the rights or owns the OS I forget what the deal is but but there are still a bunch of TVs that if they're not running like some sort of smart TV with Roku built in are just running some skin version of Android TV. Um, yeah, they're they're running Android, definitely running Android. I don't know if it's an Android TV OS. I know it's Android. Is uh, that like, what it is? No, it's, it's based it's on Android TV. It's, it's definitely it's based on Android TV. Like it's um, and uh, yeah, it's just been customized. A lot of them just customize it to do whatever. It's the same as the phones, right? Like the phones are all customized to do whatever those companies want. Right. Um, the only thing I read recently was that like these companies don't really do a great job of updating that TV software after a certain point. Sounds like the phones exact same way. So my father-in-law and my mother-in-law did purchase uh, a brand new Sony TV that came with Android on it because some of their Sony TVs do come with not Android. They'll have Android apps, but they won't come with Android. Okay. Uh, I forgot what their OS is called. I'm I'm assuming they use Tizen. They don't use Tizen on TVs, do they? Tizen? I, th- I think Samsung does use Tizen on TVs. So Tizen might be what what's on my sister's uh Sony TV or Samsung TV, sorry. 
Yeah, that's Samsung. Tizen is Samsung. I don't know why I confused the two, Samsung and Sony. I, I don't know what Sony does. It's, it's so confusing because Sony, does Sony have... doesn't make any of their own TVs anymore. All their panels are made by somebody else. Either way, my, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law got a Sony TV. It has Android on it. And the really, really cool thing about it was I can just go there and install um, Cody on it. Yep. And, you know, get them some add-ons and they could start watching whatever they want or play any media they have. All, but, all uh, built Cody, into the TV without a set. All box. built into the That's TV. Amazing. All built into the TV. Yeah, any app you want that you could get. I haven't really tried games. I'm assuming you could use the remote to play it. Probably yeah. can even hook up a controller to it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, I saw it and I was like, yeah, my next TV, I wouldn't mind having an Android TV for sure. Like a TV built in with Android OS. Yeah. Well, you got to get that new TV first. Oh, definitely. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's move on from this. We can briefly talk about Amazon. I mean, Amazon, uh, news was Amazon has dropped the price of the original ring doorbell to a hundred dollars after acquiring this is Canadian. Uh, I, I assume it's USD. Yeah, it's USD. Okay. So this is a hundred dollars. Now I don't even think this, this probably isn't even available in Canada, is it? The ring doorbell is. I don't know if is, the original, okay. who still sells the original or, or not. But yeah, you can, I, I have a coworker who has a ring doorbell. Um, this is from what I understand, Amazon's way of getting into security and budget security at it. So they, they want to get into like your home budget security system. Yeah. From what I've read, they, they want to get into that, into that field and they, they want to provide you with, and that's why they've purchased this company. But I, just I to clarify, the hundred dollar is the budget. There are upgrades. There's yes. Like three so models, there is I like, think, that I guess a, a newer version of the ring doorbell that is thinner, probably has a better camera. Um, and it's smaller, has maybe a smaller overall footprint. If I'm, if I remember correctly, um, but this is this this ties into Amazon's overall strategy, uh, t- like you said, to not only like uh, be a part of like this whole home security thing, but this is also part of their initiative. It's it's I call it three pronged, uh, and two of the additional prongs there are, Amazon has been really aggressive in trying to be uh, a leader in the home automation. Uh, space, especially with their voice assistant Alexa, and the other part is, is that Amazon is a big retail organization, online retailer, e-commerce, and so they already, I think, it was called Amazon Key. They introduced a product called right. Amazon Key, that was States. basically a bundle and a service that came with a doorbell, a camera. If I'm and yeah, a doorbell and a camera, if I'm correct, and a smart lock. These and three smart devices. Lock, yeah. Uh, and so, what this service this is only available in the United States for those of you who don't know. Um, but what that service would allow you is that if you were a part of the service and you had a package being delivered to your house, Amazon would notify you on your phone and say, "Hey, your package is arriving. Click here to see the video." You'd click, you would see the video, you'd watch the person put your package away and close your door and shut and leave. Uh, and then you would turn off your phone and know that your package was secured and safe in your home. So when you, when you get there, um, which let me interrupt you, but 
is super convenient and at the same time super super duper creepy yeah i yeah. mean like someone there's, is there's a level of trust door. yes there's a level of trust you literally have to have for apple sorry amazon and their employees the people right. they employ to actually do their job and not mess with you in some sort of way so i've actually watched some of these videos people have put up videos and the, the funny thing is like um some people will like leave cookies and be like take one yeah you know what i mean and uh, they won't because they they just you know it's not in the job description to yeah. eat cookies and they'd get in trouble but i've heard some um some horror stories too like the lock doesn't lock properly when they leave I think the access to the door is like a one-time thing. So if they try to get into the door with, uh, you know, the permission of the app and it doesn't work the first time, they just can't get in. Yeah. So there, it's not perfect yet, but it definitely is like a creepy yet interesting way. Like all those times that somebody can't leave something in front of your door or because of theft. Yeah. Now you have this person who can just open your door. And I'm pretty sure some people are like, I wish the mailman could just open my door and leave it inside. Then I wouldn't have to worry about anybody stealing it or not getting it and having to go pick it up. Well, yeah, I was on. Yeah. How many times listen do you get a to package that? Yeah, for like, sure. You're like, oh, it says it couldn't be delivered. And you're like, geez, I, I wish I was home today to, to make sure I got it. You know, like. Right. Such so Amazon's just. Amazon's just like, how can we fix this issue? Well, let's just get into their door, which, again, it it is a little bit creepy. And there's a lot of protocol to make sure everything goes perfectly, um, you know, the way it's supposed to be. And nobody's getting access to anything they shouldn't. Yeah. Now, I think, you know, uh, purchasing this company and having the doorbell adds to that package as well. Not only security, but if they can integrate this into that package, it's just another system to help out. Maybe yeah. they can get rid of... Um, you know, something else. Or you can have uh, it like a dual in. feed. So, you know, you get that first the camera outside view of and, the yeah. outside and then when they open the door, you get the camera view of the inside, right? So I want to say, though, we were talking about all the different types. I'm actually on their website. They have four different doorbells. Oh, really? All the way from, all the way from $99 to $499 US. Really? We go from the video doorbell to the video doorbell 2 to the video doorbell pro and the video doorbell elite. Dang. Yeah. So, yes, the $99 is like their basic. I'm assuming with their cheaper camera, uh, you name it. The, the battery powered video doorbell works on every home. That's the first one. Next gen is a video doorbell with enhanced video resolution and a quick re release battery. Makes sense. Okay. Uh, the third pro is a hardwired doorbell with advanced security features and a sleek design. Oh, okay. And then you're a. Your Elite is a professional-grade doorbell with PoE and flush-mounted install. Okay. So it gets prettier. And uh, the PoE, what is that exactly? It's power over Ethernet. So basically, it's going to be hardwired to your internet connection, and it's powered, it's powered by your Ethernet cable or your internet cable. Oh, so it'll power it and give it the, uh, the internet. Right, that makes sense, PoE. Okay. So yeah, my ending thoughts in the whole situation here with uh, them purchasing the company is this is what amazon does and this is what amazon's going to continue to do purchase smaller companies and integrate them into their system which they we're talking grocery stores we're talking everything they're the walmart of online they're bigger than the walmart they're yeah they're, they're the new walmart walmart can't be amazon that's the problem so if you know what talking about amazon here's a quick question uh, i think i read or 
I heard it on the radio at one point that Amazon was thinking of opening a few like uh, brick and mortar locations. They already did. They have a couple. They did? They have one in Seattle, I know of for sure. Um, and it's a grocery store. Okay, so the grocery store I know is that that's the one you're talking about where you don't need to interact with anyone, correct? You yeah, just you walk just in. pull items, put them in your bag, and walk out. Which is really cool if you think about that. That's so interesting. They have all these like, uh, what are they like sensors on top or lasers or something? Yeah, and they like kinda, sensors like, and scanners. I want to say cameras, and the cameras right. use some sort of like, I'm guessing identification technology, so it knows what items you're pulling off the shelf. So it has to do a couple of things. One, the system knows that you're in the store because you scan yourself in. But then when you're in the store, all those sensors and cameras need to keep track of you and every item you pull and put in your bag. And it has a weight sensor too on the, the actual shelf. Would you know I th- that? I think uh, so, yeah. And so that's, probably does, that's right? one of the ways they know that you've removed an item or somebody has removed an item. Um, and they could place the item somewhere else as well, right? So it has to take this all into consideration. They can grab it from here on the shelf, put it over there on the shelf. Yeah. And that's what all these cameras on top are just trying to, to don't figure get, out. Don't and, get me and, wrong. I think there you, are attendants going around the store, like making sure that stuff there gets are, put yeah. back. But, but, but to, I mean, like if you've ever looked at this, for anybody who hasn't seen it, go on Google and, uh, you know, or whatever uh, search engine you use and look at the ceiling of this thing. It looks like... I don't know. You're in a spaceship. There's there's yeah, so there's many like, like sensors and black cameras boxes everywhere. everywhere just, and yeah, sensors. It's pretty crazy. Like it's, it's like you're insane. at a nightclub. The other the other interesting thing about it is that it's all it's all based on trust. Right. So it's built on the honor system. So realistically, if uh, if you wanted to, you can go in there buy a bunch of stuff and be like, you know what, I don't want it, or I didn't get it, and basically it's yours. It's for free. And and they're they're saying that even though you could do this. Many people aren't, and they're still making a profit, even if you did. Yeah, well, they're already making not everybody, a profit. of course. They're already making a profit solely based on the fact that they don't need to staff a store with human beings that need to scan your items and check you out. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many. They only need to have staff one one to to make sure that items are put back where they are. Right. Two to to help customers get in and out of the store but like from like um and and maybe a crew that comes in in the evening to actually like stock the shelves and stuff like that right right but like they're already saving money just on you know what they would have to pay people to run the store in general and when we when we talk about like a store being run by people everyone thinks well Somebody, you know, in there at minimum wage or whatever it is. No, there's insurances. There's all kinds of other costs yeah. of having people in there. It's not just paying their wages. Yeah. So they do have a few people in there. That's a big difference than having a few hundred. Yeah. Right. Versus just, just even, like, let's even say 30, under 30, even if like, I think of a grocery 30, store, right. like no frills. Um, but and that's I a think grocery a, store here in Canada. Yeah. Just I, let I think know. like you, you look, you go in there basically you just count the tills. Like there are like 11, 12 aisles for you to actually like go to, right? That's 12 people you have to pay. Plus the guys who work in each department, like you can easily get to 30 people. No problem. You know who you oh, have easily. to pay. You and, have to pay for a lunchroom for these people to be in. Yeah. You got to pay for so many. There's so there's so many costs. So when we say, 
they're saving a lot of money. It's not just the hourly wage. It's yeah. everything with that comes with having that many employees. Yeah. Whether it's you know safety, uh, insurances, whatever it is. So they're saving enough. What they're saying is they're making enough money to lose some product because even if you had a store with 30, uh, 30 people and uh, they were dropping things or things were breaking or whatever it is, you're still, you still have that cost. There's still that, you know, you, you put that into your, your, your cost of what it costs to run the business. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting. I'd like to see one in Canada. I would totally go to it. That would be awesome. Yeah. That would be cool. Honestly. Uh, I would love to see them expand the entire project and sort of like introduce like even newer things you know, to the way they run their business. It'd be really interesting what they come up with. You know, they've already yeah. thought about like drone delivery and stuff like that, but they're a very innovative company who's continuing to think outside the box when it comes to shopping experiences. Yeah. Amazon is just, they're just going to keep going and going and going. We're going to see crazy things coming from Amazon. People never thought that you'd be ordering something online a few years ago and you'd get it the next day or the same day, depending on when you order it. We're in that situation right now where yeah. people are not going to the store and they're just getting it straight from like an online company like Amazon. And, it, you know, it's hurting those businesses for sure. Yep. But the convenience is like, wow, you know, and the return system is easy. Like everything about it is so easy. Why wouldn't you? Uh, I think I, if I last remembered, um, Canada's audiences moved to a point where we go to retail locations to actually scope out a product and see a product, but uh, you order it online. We order it online. Ultimately, I wouldn't be surprised because I do that many times. I go somewhere and you know I'm one of those people. I walk into a shop and I see something I like. First thing I do is Google see if I can get it somewhere cheaper whether it's online or it's at another uh, store. But first thing I do is Google that. Well, if it's this price here, I'm pretty sure I can get it somewhere else cheaper. And if it's on Amazon, like you said, and you know maybe I didn't want to order it because yeah. I didn't know if I would like it, I would go and scope it out and check it out and then still order it on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, I, I totally agree with you. That is something even I do myself. Cool. Um, speaking of Amazon and purchases... Right. Uh, I know this you, is kind of uh, where this is going. You made a purchase recently that you kind of made fun of me on the last podcast for making, but I possibly uh, might have talked quite quite a bit of smack uh, about something you I might have. I'm I can't even remember. So not only did you purchase something, but you purchased something that was more expensive than the thing that I purchased. I don't I don't remember. What did we really talk about anything that you purchased at? We did. My we memory's did. so we bad. I've been sick screen lately. Protector and you screen protector. You ended up talking trash that I spent $40 on a screen protector, but you went out and did what? Okay, so um it's pretty sunny out here today. It was good weather. Oh, are we talking about the screen protector still? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, so uh yes, uh I went out and purchased the $60 screen protector. I did, and I'm pretty sure I did say on the last episode that I would most likely do that. It would be the first time. So I did purchase the screen protector. You, you backed away from your audacious claims that $40 was extreme for a, a screen protector. Okay, $60 is extreme. I feel like <laughs> You know, I gave up my firstborn, you know, it's just, it's pretty bad. $60 for a screen protector, but I was desperate. Okay. And, uh, okay. So I purchased it. Let's get, let's us, get to the experience here. 
So I sent you a video on this. Okay, so this isn't a normal screen protector. I want to let everybody know right now yeah. that the procedure to put on the screen protector is like surgery. Yeah, seriously, yeah. it is. This is like surgery. Like, I, I, And it seems like I'm being extreme. And maybe I am just a little bit, but this is a lot of work. So I received this screen protector. I was super excited just because I was going to have this screen protector that was perfect. Yeah, I get it out today, and I'm trying to make the atmosphere perfect. I got out my my little steamer. I'm steaming around <laughs> to get all the dust out of the air. Okay. I cleared out my desk. I get everything set up now. Open up this package now. For anybody who hasn't watched the video, I will first of all let you know this is made by Whitestone, and it's called the Dome Glass for the Google Pixel 2 XL. So okay. if you if you're wondering what I'm talking about, just go out there. You can watch install videos. And you can go look at this product. So this thing comes with like a template for you to put your phone in, um, another plastic piece for, you, for it to go on top and hold it in, these little tabs to go over the speaker grills because you're actually using liquid glue, and then the tempered glass to go on top. You have a little release tab. You have to put the liquid into the middle, release the tab right there. And then it comes with UV light, like a UV light that literally looks like the Apple mouse. That's my No bro. joke. It looks like the Apple Mouse. So this all comes in there for $60. So keep that in mind when I say $60, it comes with this all in there. Yeah. Uh, the cleaning, the cloths, everything. So here's my experience. I get this thing out. I try cleaning my phone perfectly. By the way, because I'm going to have to use this in the story, I did get my dbrand as well. Got my okay. full skin and my half skin. Yeah. Or it just doesn't cover the sides. I put that on, which took me a while too. Was so excited about it. I had it for a few days. Got the screen protector in. Guess what? My phone doesn't fit in the template. It oh, doesn't fit in there the with the skin. With the skin. This is how tight this thing is. It's like precise. Man. It is so precise. You cannot use it wow. with the skin on. So it tears up my skin. I'm already upset. I've already lost like an $8 American, $8 American skin. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? Whatever, I rip off the skin. I'll use the other back. I put it in. I get all excited. I start setting up everything. And they have these little tabs. So the way these tabs work are the video makes them look really easy. You just peel them off and you put them over the two speaker grills. And they kind of have like little slots. And they're different for the top and the bottom. Okay. Here's the issue. It's like a plastic. But then, you know when you get a credit card and you take it off the paper and it's got like that that glue that you just roll off? Yeah. So it's like that type of glue in the shape of, of the speaker grill. But when you pull off the tab, that piece stays on the plastic. And you're like, what the hell? So they give you like an extra one just in case you mess up. And that one stayed on there too. Oh, no. So I, I was like, what the heck am I going to do now? Because I put the plastic piece over and I was like, this is not actually sealing the speaker. The glue will go in there. And I look at the other, the plastic it came on attached to it. And I'm like, the damn glue's on there. I'm like, what the heck am I supposed to do now? So I had to like fidget with this thing like crazy to put it on there i finally got it it wasn't perfect but i was like it'll do the job so i'm ready i put the glue on i'm super excited gonna have this great screen protector i get out the screen protector and from factory there's a piece of dust in there in the screen protector i already have the glue on there i have no choice now the glue's oh, no. on my phone i have to use this glass screen protector and there's a dust First thing I'm thinking is I got to take pictures of it so I could send it to the company for replacement. But my phone's got glue on it. I can't even take a picture with my phone. 
So I have to run out and I have to run out and get my wife's phone to take a picture of it. I have to hope no dust is anywhere because now I have a dog. So there's hair everywhere. I'm getting up. I'm moving around. I'm like panicking. I finally get back. I use that little trick. I'm hoping it worked because I can't really tell 100% if it's there. I put it down and then you have to like tip the glue to the middle and you have to release the tab. I see the glue spreading. I'm all super excited. Okay, hopefully it doesn't go to my speaker ports because it didn't work out great with those little sticky tab things they gave me. And then you have to put the UV light over the bottom and the top for 15 seconds and then remove it, wipe it down and clean it. And then use the UV light again, 60 seconds in the bottom, 60 seconds on the top. The end result was the screen protector looks almost perfect. Okay. It feels great. Uh, I didn't see the piece of dust in there. Then again, I haven't been able to use this for a while. But the glue at the bottom, I don't know what happened. It's like it didn't reach the bottom 100%. It's not that bad. I'm making it sound worse than this. But I paid $60 for this. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. At the bottom, it's like... The glue didn't reach the end before before I put the the UV and started curing it, oh. and and you can see a little bit, but it's not on the actual screen portion of it, but okay. it does feel great. I'm not gonna lie, um, but I did lose sixty dollars. I did lose yeah. um, a D brand skin, and then I had to yeah. put the half skin on. And that was harder than putting the full skin on, to be honest. So, so would you why. say that this is worth it? For $60, would you do this again? For $60, I would do it again for one reason. I'll tell you why. I don't see any dust on it. And the feeling of it is great. Like night and day compared to that garbage rubber one I had, the wet applied. Yeah. So I'm super excited. The only thing I've noticed on it, and um, it might go away with time because the glue has to cure like 100%. Mm-hmm. It's like there's this spot in the middle. If you put it on a certain angle with uh, with light, you can see a certain spot that's like a different color. I don't know if it's like it didn't cure or like, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's lighter than everywhere else and everywhere else around it is darker. Okay. But you can't see it when you're using the phone. You can only see it when you put it on a certain angle. Yeah. But definitely the touch sensitivity feels good. On our next podcast, uh, I'll give a I'll give a more in depth like review of what I thought. Review. Yes. So my my forty dollars screen protector is looking great right now. I, it is. It is. I wish I had a Google <laughs> store I could just go to and pay someone forty dollars. Forty for yeah. Forty at for this someone moment. To just put it on for yeah. me. Yeah. At this moment, I will agree. I do wish I had someone who could just put it. And anybody who's got a a Google Pixel Two XL out there that wants a glass screen protector. I bet you you could feel my pain. You're like, I've tried every single glass screen protector out there. They lift on the edges. They don't look great. Or if you have any with the dot matrix, they only stick around the sides and it's just like free floating in the middle and they're awful. This is the only answer. I mean, I've looked out there. This is the ultimate screen protector. It is. For the Pixel 2 XL, this is the ultimate screen protector. So yeah, you know what? Thumbs I mean, a better for $60. Yeah, for $60, man. And I try to get a better price by looking on like other sites like eBay. And some people have it like $90. I'm like, jeez. I paid wow, 60 no taxes, and shipped for free. It was prime. So okay. I can't complain. Then again, I saved the money by, you know, getting a $10 case. Yeah. No, I'm joking. I I didn't get it. <laughs> but either way, you know, I'm trying to justify. Yeah, I, I paid. I, all I'm hoping is that it lasts me at least like a year. 
Yeah. Again, for $60, it better. It better, yeah. I'll have a new phone before a year. But what I'm saying yeah, is, you know, you know me. You know, this is a yeah. three-month limit on these phones. I, I realized I only had my iPhone 10 for like three months. Yeah, Did you realize definitely. that? Yeah, three months yeah, is you like... you only the, had your iPhone 8 for like two months. Two months, yeah. Like, I I don't know. I just get really bored of phones. Like, people will know that. If you continue listening to this podcast months in, you will find out I went through like seven, eight phones. Yeah. Some of them lasting three months. Some of them lasting three days. Some we'll, of them we'll lasting three hours. Eventually, like, <laughs> what phone are you on now? You'll have to guess. It'll be like a mystery box. Um. So, yeah, Um. I want to I wanna ask you a question. Sure, go ahead. Have you heard of Fortnite? Fortnite, yes. I have heard of Fortnite. It's like the PUBG copy. Oh, that you're one of those people. Well, that's what I've heard. I heard PUBG came out first. Listen, <sighs> nor do I play PUBG or Fortnite. I tried Fortnite for the first time last week at my really? brother-in-law's house. Yeah. So I was at John's house and uh, yeah. Mike was over and Mike turned on um Fortnite. The Xbox, yeah. Yeah, he turned on his Xbox One X and he which I tried out Fortnite. And let me tell you, this was my experience with Fortnite. You really want to know my experience with Fortnite? Do you want me yeah. to go into this or no? You landed and died? No. Do you want me to know? I, that yeah, would have no, been a go good yeah, that would have been us. a good experience. So my experience yeah, with yeah, Fortnite was it. this. I land. Okay, no, first you're just there. I start shooting everybody. And then they look over at me like Mike and John and they're like yeah, this is just like the loading screen, bro. <laughs> you're in the lobby. I'm in the lobby. Yeah, you're just, yeah, you can stop shooting people. This doesn't count. I'm like, what? Are you serious? Yeah, you yeah, can't do anything. Just, yeah, you can't stop. do anything. So then finally, uh, the timer's going off. I'm in the plane. They release me. I start realizing that everybody decided to get off at the same point I did. I'm like, oh, damn, somebody's <laughs> going to die today. So I go into some roof off way into the left. And that's totally awesome. I get in there. Um, I pick up some weapons. I pick up some ammo. I'm like, oh, somebody's going to die. I get out. I start shooting at some guy. He's shooting at me or or female, whatever it is on the other end. We're going at it. We're going at it. Right in front. They're like, he's right there. He's right there. I come around the corner. Start shooting. This guy starts building something in front of me. What oh. the heck is going on? He starts building like like a, a ramp and starts. I can't I can't see him anymore. He's building like a whole house in front of me. Nope, nope, can't play that kind of game. No, <laughs> if you can build a house in front of me while I'm shooting at you, that's not my type of game. I'm sorry, I cannot do that, it's, dude. It's I so just... funny. It's so funny. Your 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 brother is uh is a huge advocate for PUBG, and so is Ben. By the way, play they play that like a religion. And, and, uh, the reason your brother hates, uh, Fortnite is because you can build cover around yourself or you can build towers or you can build anything, but you know what, that doesn't, from other people. that wouldn't bother me if it took time, not just I'm shooting at you and you can build a bridge over me. I mean, you, you know? can build just as fast as they can, as long as you have materials. Yeah. But you know, I just started off in the game. I don't know how to build you a house, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that was my. But I mean, experience that's with the game. again. That's something you're gonna learn over time, right? Right. I can't see myself getting into something like that, to be honest. It, and I don't know. No, not my type of game. PUBG. I haven't really tried it, but it seems like one of those. Games it, okay. Where, let's let's put it this way. If you don't like Fortnite, you're definitely not gonna like PUBG. Okay. There you go. So I won't like because PUBG. The thing but, that Fortnite does that most people don't like is the building. The thing that about PUBG that's vastly different is that 
PUBG is like has weapons based as much in reality as possible. So you're playing a tactical shooter um in a like a 1 versus 100 situation or 1 versus 99. So like the thing I like about Fortnite is the weapons, is the weapon feel and how like, you know, easy it is to get used to the weapons in that game whereas there's a lot more you have to put into PUBG in order to, you know, get good at, at weapon handling and stuff like that. We'll probably get um, so many people that are totally opposite and be like, Fortnite's the best. The one difference, uh, talking about these two games, um, is that the Fortnite mobile app is available only on iOS at the moment, and PUBG is available on both, which the funny thing I've heard uh, comment-wise yeah. is that PUBG mobile is better than PUBG on the console. So that that's a really funny thing. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard that the the mobile version of PUBG is better than like the Xbox or PS4 version of PUBG. It's it's not on PS4, but I, oh, I is it be not surprised. on PS4? Okay, so no, b- because it's early song. access on the Xbox. Like, oh, okay, um, PlayStation doesn't do any of that stuff, so they don't have that that game. PlayStation does have Fortnite, though. They do have Fortnite. Um, okay, so I knew they had one of them. But yeah, I actually didn't know that uh, Fortnite wasn't already on Android. No, it's not on Android. Only came uh, out on iOS. PUBG actually released on Android first. And I guess now they're on iOS. Yeah, definitely um, I know PUBG is. Uh, I know I read about Fortnite and they're like all excited that it came out on mobile, but it was only iOS. Yeah. But you so, wanna... I, so the reason I brought it up is... Um, is uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before that, uh, they had a huge major outage. Uh, so they yes. were down for what felt like 12 hours yeah, it or was something 12 crazy. hours or something like that, yeah. Um, this was due to what, an update? I think that one of their databases failed. Something with the infrastructure failed. Yeah, like people so they, weren't able to log in all of a sudden and, yeah, and get into like the game. Yeah, everybody was getting kicked out of games or you couldn't log in. Um, and they're just having like major issues, but like, I think this is like only news because like, they're so popular. Like unlike PUBG, I feel like Fortnite just exploded in popularity, you know? Um, and, uh, do you think Fortnite is more popular than PUBG though? Yeah. Hands down. Really? Hands down. You have like rappers like Drake playing with some Twitch streamers. Like that's it's, funny. It's a, it's a big game. Like, okay, I didn't comparison. know that. I thought they were pretty like similar on popularity scale. <laughs> well, the, well, here's the major difference between the two, and most people don't know this, is that Fortnite is a free-to-play game, and you can play it for free on any platform. Uh, and PUBG, uh, I think the um, on Xbox and PC, these are paid games. And on the mobile, I think it's a free game. Yes, yeah, so on mobile, um, it's a free game. On on the Xbox and PC, definitely it is a, a paid game. Yeah, you're right. So Fortnite is free on the Xbox. Fortnite is free across all platforms. Okay. No matter what it is. So you can on PC, you can get it from the Epic Downloader or whatever it's called. On, on mobile, you can just get it in your store. And on Xbox, it's on Xbox. Now, let me ask and you a question because you did bring this up. Um, yeah. Is this based on items you buy in the game though is it like you buy PUBG and there's a lot less uh 
you need to buy or you have to buy to get the same kind of uh, upgrades or, or firepower in, let's say, Fortnite, where you have to purchase more to get... Or is it just all skins? Like, I know um, Fortnite has so, a lot so of skins, in, right? In Fortnite, like, you can do, make purchases. Those purchases are, like, they're just cosmetic. They're just skins. Okay. And, like, animotes, like, emotes for your character to do. And, uh, you know, you have that parachute. You can you can buy different right, parachutes. Right, that parachute you outfits. take out. Okay. It's all cosmetic. Uh, nothing that's like pay to win. Uh, whereas PUBG, like to even play the game on two of the platforms, you have to buy the base game. There probably is additional. I know on PC they have like loot boxes that you can pay for. Um, but again, you still need to own the base game. And I think the benefit that Fortnite has over PUBG, and that's why it's much more popular in my opinion, is that it's it's free. It's free. Anybody right. can play it. It's, it's getting, it's garnering so much attention, especially with, like I was just saying, like Drake and, and all that stuff playing it. Um, or even just being a part of Twitch streams for the game. Um, that it, it's just, it's exploding in popularity. They're creating entire memes on Instagram, just revolving around this game. Like it's definitely, huge. I've heard a lot about this game. Now going right? back to what you said, Sorry to cut you off. Going back to what you said on um, Fortnite being down for like twelve hours. Yeah. If I read correctly when I was reading it, it was um, it was based on like a new a new um, game feature they were putting into it, like a new um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like let's say one versus one, and they were putting in oh, a like new a, type a new of mode. Yeah, like a new mode. I think that's what was happening. There was like an update, and there was a new mode, and that's when all of this happened. Is when they're trying to do this. Yeah, I, I honestly wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. Like um uh I read about the the outage. I I heard that it was a database issue. Uh I guess they were trying to up the uh, update one of their servers probably to accommodate that that new mode and then the servers went down. Um but but the good news to come out of it is that they obviously like apologized even though I don't think they really need to. But they're giving uh they're giving away free loot as a as like a consolation, sorry like a a present as a sorry this messed up for that amount of time. Here's some uh, here's some free loot for the. Oh, game. that's really awesome. So that's that's really especially cool. when it's a free game, and now you're getting free loot like just because they were trying to do something. So reading here, um, basically they were adding cinematic instant replay uh instant forts and more and that's when they you're right they had a, a database failure but i'm assuming it was doing all that yeah i mean this game has gotten so popular now that when you and i hope they increase the server loads because it's gotten so popular now that you can like try to load up a game and it will put you in a queue it will say like you are 44th in line to actually enter a game so talking right, about like this game so much, do you play this game? I play this game all the time. It's like really? My, it's my go-to to like pass some time. Like it's, I'm surprised you've never invited me. It's such a mindless thing. I, I didn't know you would like to play. Yeah, we I wouldn't. Can, we can I wouldn't. Definitely, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, we could definitely <laughs> I, play together I just together finished you talking want. to you about it being like some crazy building a house in front of me, but I'm just surprised you didn't. I'm hurt. I'm a little bit hurt, man. I'm oh, crying yeah, inside. No. There's a tear. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Can you see through the camera? I'll, I'll make sure to... Uh, <laughs> 
to no, I was just wondering if you played it. So you do play the game yourself? You enjoy? Yeah, it. yeah, I do. I, I play it on both PC. Uh, I have it on the phone. I've played one match on the phone, and uh, and I have it on the Xbox, which is my primary place to play right now. Awesome. Okay. So and uh, and I did notice on uh, John's Xbox, which is an Xbox One X. I know you have the Slim, correct? The S. The Xbox yeah, One S. Yeah. So I noticed on John's when Mike got there, he hadn't played the game in, I guess, a little bit. And I have this question to ask you. He didn't know if it was playing and looking so much better because John had the Xbox One X or just because they've updated it so much that since the last time he played it, it's actually a lot smoother and looks better. Would you know if it was because he had the Xbox One X or because they have updated it to be uh, more efficient and better? Overall, it, could game? Be, it actually could be a bit of both. Okay. Uh, I knew that. I know that they did make a, a graphical change to the map in the game, uh, which was one of their previous updates. One of the biggest things that that Epic keeps doing with Fortnite is the amount of times that they update that game is ridiculous. Their their game support is just ridiculous for that game. It feels like every week or every second week they are releasing a new patch that either adds something cool to the game, fixes something, makes improvements. Um so I wouldn't be surprised if if it's a, it's a combination of both those things that uh that uh it looked very different to him. I don't know when he started to play, but I know from just a graphical perspective, they did change the map uh from a, visually and they added a couple of new areas. And so maybe the last time he played was before they made that change. But okay. I wouldn't doubt that the game is somehow like enhanced on Xbox One X. Um, yeah, because with uh, with me, you know, because this game does sound great, and maybe I just haven't played the right game mode. Maybe yeah. there's like a game mode I will enjoy. I kind of get bored of the "Hey, let's run in and just kill everybody" scenario, and then once you die, the good thing I noticed about this game is because I do do die in shooters very much so because I'm yeah. just that idiot who just runs in and starts trying to shoot everybody. You do get into another game really quick. There's no like waiting till the match ends or anything like that, like on no, Call of Duty. No, you can leave. As soon as you die, yeah. you can leave. You leave, you're right into a match. You're playing again. You're just waiting maybe at the loading screen till enough people get there, which doesn't take long at all. And you're out right in another game, which is a cool thing I noticed about it. But maybe there's a game, a game mode I haven't tried that I would enjoy. And uh, maybe I'll give it another chance uh, in the future. Maybe have a few games with you. But at this moment, I just I kind of get bored of the whole type of game where you just go in and you shoot somebody. And then with Call of Duty and even Counter-Strike back when I used to play that, the major thing was like waiting, especially if you really suck at shooters like me and you're like one of the first people who dies. You're like, yeah. ah, no, nah, why did I do that? You kind of let everybody run in front of you and then you're like, OK, I'll, I'll be behind these guys right now. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe I'll give it another try. But uh, another game I wanted to talk to you about. Is as uh, a, a passion and a love that we share. Um, is Destiny? Oh yeah, for sure, Destiny. So, See, there's so, a game talking about a shooter. It is a shooter, but it's not that type of shooter. You're not just. Yeah. It's like an adventure shooter. Um, I don't even know what you would call that. What is that? What is its genre? What is it under? I would say it's more like a console-based MMO, like okay, MMO. Yeah, that makes sense. So definitely still has the aspect of being a shooter. You know, you do have a lot more other powers. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, definitely looking forward to the uh, expansion you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. This, Season uh, two expansion. There's a new number. expansion. They 
Destiny has been in a bit of a fickle for a while. Um, and the team at Bungie has been, you know, trying to communicate with the audience, you know, us gamers about the game and make improvements to the game. And I think they're doing that. I haven't touched the game since the last update. So are we uh, making it. like a date here to get into this this game? Yeah, hell again? yeah. If you, you want, know, but- once it comes out, well, let's let's get to that first. So the next expansion, which was announced a long time ago, but no date involved, is called War Mind. Um, okay. And uh, it's it launches May eighth, and they're gonna have a full reveal probably on YouTube or Twitch on April twenty fourth. So that's when the they will go over more details of what we can expect from this expansion. So are there no details right now on the expansion? Like besides like the stuff that we've probably previously heard where it's this, this, um, so this expansion is going to revolve around the, um, I think it's an AI called Rasputin. Um, it's a, it's literally a war mind. Um, and it's a machine within the game. um, but uh, that's the only details I know. I haven't done too much research on, on the game's expansion on, on what they've already put forward, as to what it's going to be about. But I'm I'm super stoked for April twenty fourth to find out, like, more details on what we can expect from this. Yeah, this, uh, we can definitely expect new, new items, new side quests. Uh, new everything, right? new, new armor, raid. new raid. So yeah, it gives you a refresh on the game. It's almost like a new version of the game came out without having to buy a whole new game, right? Yeah, so true. you're at, and that's what I like about it. You know, some people get upset about DLC. They just they hate it. They feel like the um, the company's ripping them off. Like they purchased this game for whatever amount of dollars, and now they have to go buy a DLC. And I kind of get it. When it's such a short game and you play it a little bit and all of a sudden it's done and they're like, hey, you know, you paid $100 for this. We're bringing out a DLC in a week. That's not the way Destiny works. This is definitely, you could have a lot of fun. But instead of bringing you a new game, why not just add on to it? I don't mind that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, let's get some more content out of this game. Let's get some more new areas. Cool, cool new, you know, heroic strikes, a new raid. Maybe some cool multiplayer maps to play. Yeah, like, definitely. Uh, breathe some life into, you know, what could eventually just be a stale game if they don't keep adding stuff to it. And that's uh, what happens, yeah. in my opinion. It does get stale. And, I, and so. I agree. There are people who are mad. They're like, hey, I have this all this armor, and now you're going to make me work to get more armor and blah, blah, blah. But isn't but that dude, the point? That's the point Isn't that of the, the game. point? Like, 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 listen to me. If you were going to go buy destiny 3 would you not start from the beginning anyways yeah so this is the same thing you're adding a dlc if your armor was the best and continued being the best why would you continue playing and i think they did a great job of of the time they brought between both expansions it's been a few months i think one of the biggest complaints in destiny 1 was that the expansions were so close together that like it didn't give people they, enough time. Yeah, it didn't exactly, give enough people like, to get up to the level they wanted to and then enjoy it before they were automatically... It would, it would basically instantly take their hard work and make it null because they would have a new expansion to put out. Like, yeah. But when they spread them out over like large amounts of months, like three or four months, maybe six months, um, it's it's great to see that... like you know, people can get the full breadth experience of the last expansion and, 
you know, be excited for what comes next because they've already exhausted all of their options for that expansion. So yeah, no, uh, I'm I agree. super stoked. But yeah, I we agree, and I'm super time. stoked as well. I can't wait for uh, Destiny Two expansion. We should we should set some time on the PC since both of us have it uh, to actually uh, to play and yeah, uh, for sure, and uh, do that, and do it up, see what's yeah. new, have some fun. Going on the whole game thing here now, uh, maybe we should talk about because we do use this a lot. Uh, Steam and their update on their privacy. Oh yeah, uh, so uh, Steam made some changes to their privacy settings. Uh, I guess this is in the wake of like all the stuff going on in the world today with privacy. Um, but I actually just... think it's it's some really good changes. Actually, I I I appreciate the changes. To be honest, yeah, um, changes like this, like stuff like this, is already something that like Microsoft has been doing for years. I'm not sure if PlayStation does it. I wouldn't be surprised, but just stuff like. Um, couple of the things that they allow you to change now is like uh, you can make it so that uh, for all of these options, you can either make it so that it's public, anybody can see it, only your friends or only you. Um, and so a couple of things that they give you options for are like your basic details, whether your profile is visible to everybody or just your friends, what, what kind of games you're playing, what achievements and playtime you have what sits in your inventory. So for those of you who are not PC fanatics and don't have Steam, you can get uh, trading cards and items in games, certain games, and you can actually uh, sell those or trade them with other people. So you have an active inventory. Um, And so people, uh, you can set it so only your friends can see your inventory. Uh, Same thing with like comments and posts on your profile. You can either make them public or friends only, or just yourself. Um, and then you can change settings on screenshots and work workshop items as well. Um, right, so, so just to cue in here, I kind of feel like, uh, to give an example of a situation, we just talked about how I'm not really good at first-person shooters or like shooting games, certain type of shooting games. Well, yeah. maybe I don't want all my friends to know that I suck at these games, right? <laughs> so I'm going to block them from seeing that I've only played 20 minutes on Call of Duty yeah, and exactly. that I've basically got no achievements on it. And, and I really just suck at this game that bad, but I don't want them to know. Or maybe I don't want them to know that I'm playing My Little Pony for six yeah. hours a day and I have, you know, a million achievements on My Little Pony. Well, now yeah. they're giving you the option to go in there and block this uh, maybe from uh, only people you don't know or your friends or everyone in general. And that goes with blocking many other uh, no- options in there of what people can see. And that's that's the general idea, right, is privacy. Maybe you don't want everybody to know how many achievements you have or what your achievement points are or what game you're playing at the moment or what game uh, you've been playing more often than not. So... I think it's a smart thing because not everybody needs to know what everybody else is doing. At least they don't feel uh, comfortable sharing it for whatever reason. So, yeah, yeah I, I think I, I think, think it's it's getting, long overdue. I think it's long overdue. Yeah, I agree. I, I think uh, I think giving the the ability to change those settings is is a good step in the right direction for Steam and and uh, you know gives people the peace of mind that they can set those settings to whatever they want. 
I myself would probably never visit them and change anything, but um, yeah, me it's, either. It's I'm cool. saying all this, but uh, you know, I don't care who no, knows. I play it's, my it's little cool pony. We have the option to right, like you never know what 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 comes in the future that may change your mind as to why you want to change the you know options you have set right now. And now that that is an option that people can use, I think that's like a a really great thing. Um, yeah, for sure. All right. That's going to be it for this episode. Thanks everyone for tuning in. You can now find our podcast on Stitcher, uh, and it will be going up on YouTube. So we have a plethora of places you can find the podcast. Now, as always, our music is by Ryan little. You can visit him at soundcloud.com slash Ryan little. And that's it, I guess. So we'll see you guys later. Peace. Um, I just realized, I just realized I'm not on the goddamn fucking Facebook team, bro. What do you mean? That hurt my feelings. Amanda's like, look, it says the team of the podcast and you're not on it, Mary. Oh, I was going to send you an invite. I did that quickly yeah, today. I, I really hope you, you were. better because my accept wife, your goddamn invite when I'm done. Because my wife, my wife thinks I ain't a part of this team, bro. She thinks you're just using me for my voice and my looks. That's partially true.